You are now listening to Chomp Chats, conversations to enhance the Gator family experience. It was like comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time. I was scared getting involved just because we have over a thousand organizations and it's like, what do I want to do? Like I loved to dance, but there were so many dance um, clubs available and I even auditioned for some and I didn't get in and I was like, wow, not as great as I think. <laughs> but it was still a learning lesson because even though I do love to dance, like I did find other things that I was passionate about, like mentorship. And so I was able to do things like that. Hello everyone and welcome back to Chump Chats where we have conversations to enhance the Gator family experience. I'm your host, Shaquille Lowe, and today we're joined by one of my favorite students, Eliza Martinez. Eliza, how are you? Hi, Shaq. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Now tell me, how are things going in your world? Um, now, what are you doing right now? Where are you? Let's talk through it. Let's, let's have a conversation as if I don't know you today. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, right now, I'm back in Miami, making sure to spend some time with my family before I move on to my next chapter. So that has been my main focus right now, especially during quarantine. Awesome. So can you uh, tell our families a little bit more about you? So who are you? Where are you from? You mentioned some next steps. Kind of talk us through that. Yeah. So I am a recent graduate of the University of Florida with my Bachelor's of Arts degree in Criminology and Anthropology with a minor in East Asian Language and Literature. Um, I'm from a Hispanic background. My mom's from Nicaragua and my dad's from the Dominican Republic. I was a first-generation college student, and now I'll be a first-generation master's student at the University of West Florida for Forensic Anthropology. And um, I enjoy dancing and Netflix, for sure, and a lot of Disney+. Plus. So that's a little bit about me. Awesome. And so for context, Eliza is home now, as she mentioned. And we are recording our Chump Chat today um, through Zoom. So we are not um, able to be in the same room with each other, of course. We're still practicing social distancing. Um, and so we're going to be recording virtually. So I do apologize in advance for the audio quality, but I felt that it was important that we come back and you all be able to hear the story of a recent graduate. And so in doing that, Eliza, one of the things that I wanna talk about is, I mean, hey, your college career ended in the quarantine. Like it ended with you being at home, working remotely. And I'm pretty sure many of your classes started out in person. Can you talk to me about that? Tell me about that experience. Like, what was it like? What was the transition like? Just going remotely. Mm -hmm. um, well, when the semester first started, I was actually so excited. because I was like, wow, it's my last semester. I can do everything I wanted on my senior bucket list. You know, I have yet to see the sunrise and the sunset at Paints Prairie, um, walk through the DNA bridge, like things like that. I was looking forward to that. And of course, everything was cut short. Um, it helps a little bit that half of my classes were online and half of them were in person. So the transition academically wasn't too bad. But um, my tea, I was taking a tea class. So literally tasting different kinds of tea that were imported from China. And um, we were no longer able to do that. Um, he tried to give us like tea leaves to take to make tea. But, you know, I don't have all the right equipment to make the tea. So it didn't really work out that well, but we really tried a lot on Zoom to still be very active in class. He'd always ask us questions and he want us to keep our cameras on and things like that to make sure we can have a normal classroom experience as much as we can. 
Um, but outside of academics, involvement, which is something I was um, really active in doing, um, was also cut short. Um, just because we didn't know how we were going to transition everything online because it has never happened before. And so it was like, okay, well, what are we going to use to make sure our events are still happening, to make sure we're still educating the community around us, to make sure that students are still having kind of like a normal experience as much as we can. But of course, like that wasn't an option until later on. So a lot of things have to be like a lot of things had to be paused and pushed to like next semester or next year, just because a lot of events are better in person than they are online. But other than that, I think graduation was the biggest thing that was impacted. Um, we were all looking forward to it, especially my family, because I was the first in my family to walk, and I was especially from such a, a high impressed school like UF, you know, top seven. Um, my family was very much looking forward to it. They even asked off work and everything. And even though it wasn't in May, we still had the option in July. But then even that got canceled. So it was kind of like, well, what are we going to do? So I think what really happened and what was really cute is my mom did a surprise graduation in our backyard. And it was just like my grandparents and my aunt, my uncle, and then us. And it was kind of like they played the music and it was like decorated with gator stuff all over. So it kind of made it feel like I had a graduation ceremony without the cap and gown because I didn't have that available yet. But, you know, they still try to find a way to make it special so that family can still come and see, you know, like me walk down the stage. But I mean, other than that, um, everything is pretty much okay. I'm really looking forward as to like how um, the students are going to continue being strong online and how involvement is going to transition online just because I know there's a lot of great events that are going to happen from what I hear that I hope students are looking forward to um, that will be able to be online and be still have like the same educational um, outcome. Now, you mentioned this senior bucket list. Now, is this something that you had just created with your friends? Or is this like one of those things that all students at UF know? Like, is this a secret thing? Or is it like, no, I just kind of looked at some fun things. And I decided I would do that before I graduated. I think it's a little bit of both. I have heard of seniors doing senior bucket list because um, I, like, if you're like me, like, other than being involved, it was school. So it was like involvement school, involvement school, but not really much about exploring Gainesville and what Gainesville has to offer. Um, so it was a little bit about me personally, what I wanted to do, like go to uh, see the sunset and sunrise at Paints Perry, the DNA bridge, um, go to all the springs one more time, try all the different local restaurants that I haven't tried, you know, things like that. Um, that was a little bit more about me, but I definitely heard other senior bucket lists and what that entails. like the last tailgate, the last uh, football game, last basketball game, last gymnast meet, like things like that, um, that we wanted to do. I was able to see my last basketball game. So that was something I was glad to do because <laughs> I do love the basketball team here. And I did do my last tailgate, um, but it's definitely something to look forward to, to have if you know throughout your whole college career, you're pretty much just focusing on like student involvement and your academics to not only help with like your resume but also to help you um, create the skills you need if you want to go into higher education or just to the job force after graduation. 
And you mentioned involvement in academics. And honestly, I want to spend some time talking about that. Um, mm -hmm. I know you to be a very involved student leader. So can you kind of talk to us about, you know, some of the things that you got involved with while you were uh, undergraduate here at UF? Yeah. So actually, before I got into UF, I did my research because I am coming from Miami. So and Miami is a pretty diverse city. And coming into Gainesville, it's not as diverse as Miami. So I had, I know I wanted comfort when I come in, at least to help me. Um, so that way the transition isn't too hard. So I made sure to contact previous people that were in my high school that came here. And I asked them, you know, how do I get involved in the Hispanic Student Association? Um, just because I at least wanted my first year to be comfortable before I go out and adventure to something that I don't know. And so what, they helped me. And so I got involved my first year with the Hispanic Student Association. And I even joined the Membership Leadership Program, which is a program that helps first years, second years, and first year transfer students. And they don't have to be Hispanic. This is for anybody. And what it does is that it helps us to not only know all the different organizations on campus, and it not only helps us become friends with people that we're meeting in that program, that way it helps us you know, with our social skills, but it also helps us understand how event planning works, especially on campus, like booking rooms, um, putting in uh, treasurer reports and things like that. They also taught us how to build ourselves professionally. They taught us like interview skills, elevator pitches, resumes, business casual versus business professional and things like that. So that was mostly my first year. And in my second year, I was an MFOS mentor. MFOS is the Matching Florida Opportunity Scholar, which is a scholarship program for first generation students. And I think this year they increased from 300 students to I think 400 students that are now able to get the scholarship. So I became a mentor for that program to give back to the program because they were able to pay for my four years. So I was like, why don't I do something that I'm passionate about, which is mentorship. So I went ahead and mentored three other MFOS incoming students. And so that was a great time of my second year. In my second year, I also joined Greek Life. And that's also where I also got super involved just because um, Greek Life opened up some doors for me. The other, other programs have also opened up doors, but that one helped me build my self-confidence a little more because that was something I was lacking in. So that's what I did. And I was also part of the Dominican Student Association. So that happened. And in my third year, I became president of the Dominican Student Association. And then in my uh, sorority, I was also like vice president and social chair and things like that um, to definitely branch out to people in the community um, to educate them about what's going on in the world because um, we really focused a lot on social justice and social awareness. So that was something we were super passionate about. And then my senior year, um, I was just involved in Greek life. But other than that, I did like preview staff in 2018. So that's our orientation leader uh, leadership program. If you have been going through preview this past summer, um, that's something we did. And it was so much fun. I met great amount of people and I loved speaking with all the incoming students and the family members answering all their questions helping them figure out their career path where they want to go and also assuring them that it's okay if you don't know where you want to go um that there's definitely a lot of time and you have and you have had a lot of opportunities for you to find out where exactly you fit in and where you want to go 
Um, I also was a volunteer at the CAA Pound Human Identification Lab, which is a forensic anthropology lab we have on campus. So I was able to gain a lot of experience with, you know, like human remains and documenting and things like that. I also gained an internship with University of Tennessee Knoxville and their forensic anthropology center due to the opportunities UF gave me to build my skills to go ahead and like take a leap of faith to apply to that internship and I got it and I think that's it sometimes I feel like I did a lot and sometimes I'm like I probably didn't do that much <laughs> I think those are like the biggest things in, in my involvement well, I will say that is certainly a lot, and I love it. I love it that you can even remember back to your first year and think about some of those student leadership positions and mm -hmm. kind of remember what they provided for you and some of the things you did. I do have a couple questions, though. I mean, was it scary to get involved as a first-year student? So just thinking mm -hmm. back, and, and I know you probably were involved in uh, high school, but when you made it to UF, what, what was it about UF that made it comfortable for you to get involved? Or... If it was not comfortable at all, tell us about that experience. I think it was half and half. I think it was comfortable because, like I said, I wanted to start with something I knew. So I made sure to go straight into my community to find a group of people that I know I can talk to and relate to before I branched out, at least for like the first couple of months. And then it was also uncomfortable just because of a culture shock. Um, like I said, coming from Miami and I come in a game, so it was kind of like, oh my gosh, what is going on? I'm going to be honest here, Miami is its own little bubble. So all these conversations about like um, race and education and things like that, like it's not something that's really talked about because it's not seen. But like when you get to Gainesville, now you start having those educational conversations and it's like, wow, this is what's actually happening. So, um, it was like comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time. I was scared getting involved just because we have over a thousand organizations and it's like, what do I want to do? Like I loved to dance, but there were so many dance um, clubs available and I even auditioned for some and I didn't get in. And I was like, wow, I'm not as great as I think. <laughs> but it was still a learning lesson because even though I do love to dance, like I did find other things that I was passionate about, like mentorship. And so I was able to do things like that. Um, so that's what I did. And so that's why I'm saying like, it was comfortable and uncomfortable at the same time. But as long as you find something that you love to do, or you find your group of people within the first couple months, then it's going to be okay. Like, I know, like, my old roommate, she wasn't involved at all, but because I was involved, I would drag her to things, and that's how she would, like, you know, get comfortable on campus, so. Awesome. I, I think that's really great that you, you mentioned how, like, you yourself had a roommate who wasn't as involved, but you brought your roommate along, and I think that's the reality for many of our uh, students today, is that family members, rest assured, if your student is not one of the students who would immediately go out and join, you know, a lot of clubs and organizations, more than likely they will come in contact with a roommate or a friend or a classmate that will take them to an event or two. Would you say that that happened often, Eliza? Oh yeah, it did. Like every time there was like free food or free t-shirt, that's how I will grab her. I'll be like, listen, you get a free t-shirt and you get free food if you come with me. And she will be like, okay, I'm down for free food. And then that's how they get to know the organization. 
I think that's why a lot of organizations always say free food or free t-shirt because they want to pull in students because I feel like a lot of times we all come in with the mindset of like school, school, school. Like all I need is academics and that's it. But we also are like, we're also growing up, you know, we need a social environment. We need to find, we need to have a stress reliever. We need to have a break from school. And the only way to do that is to be involved and to be with other people that you click with. So that's how I was able to drag her, like free food, free t-shirt, you're gonna love it. So, <laughs> so you mentioned academics um, and you mentioned that you had an internship. I wanna shift gears a little bit. Let's talk some about that academic experience. And so you, we talked a little bit about, you know, joining clubs, organizations, your involvement there. And you mentioned briefly, you know, your academic history, if you will. You, you mentioned that you, we talked about your course where you were tasting tea, um, but I want to know, like, can you just talk to me a little bit about what was it like being a student here at UF? Like, give me your, like, your honest opinion. Like, being a student at UF, what was it like? I think so many times people ask this question, and, you know, you are a student in the moment, but you just graduated. So when you reflect back on your four years, how would you describe it? Okay. Well, my first year, I'll always remember it just because it was really, really rough for me. You know, I was top 5% in my high school, but then you come to UF, everybody here is top 5, top 10, top 15. We're all in the cum laude um, spectrum, so we're all kind of like the best of the best. And that's something that I kind of had to struggle with because I was failing two classes my first year, like I'm going to be honest. I wasn't used to the coursework, even though I took AP and ACE, it is still kind of different just because the professors teach you, but it's also up to you to teach yourself when you go back home. You know, before you can only study one hour and you get everything, but now sometimes you have to study two to three hours and you're not used to that. And I definitely was not used to that. And that really showed in my academics. So I was failing general chemistry and the calculus. Um, and it didn't go so well. I had to drop the classes, but I did cry every single day because of that. And like my mom, my mom could test to that, like she can tell you. And that's just mostly because the transition academically was harder for me than the transition um, socially. Um, I, especially because I struggled a lot with what exactly I wanted to do. I came in wanting to be a blessing analyst. So I was a biology major on the genetics track. But that didn't work out because chemistry, calculus and me, we don't really get along. We kept bubbing, um, butting heads. And I've even tried the free Broward tutoring that we have on campus. I've tried um, Study Edge. I've tried other students teaching, um, tutoring at the Office of Academic Support. And it still wouldn't click in my head. And it wasn't until I spoke to my advisor and I told him all the things I was interested in. And he's the one that steered me towards anthropology. And so that's how I ended up staying there. So that was my first year. It was rough academically. But once I started figuring out what I wanted to do and the major I wanted to be in, that's when the classes started getting interesting. And that's when I started doing better in the classes. I took classes like osteology, linguistics, um, archaeology. I took uh, violence across life because I'm also a criminology major, uh, law and media, theories behind law, things like that. And that's how I started to become more aware of my classes and more studious of them. I would use like the libraries, even though I really do not like the libraries, just me personally, just because I don't like to be in a closed environment where everybody's studying because it makes me nervous. 
but I would at least be like in the basement of the libraries where people are kind of talking so it's not too quiet um, or I would study outside and so those are like the classes I would take throughout the year where they were like very hands-on and very like theory driven and that's something I really liked. I'm glad you mentioned that about your academic advisor um, because it's so often that you know people will think that their academic advisor is only there to help them register for courses but that connection is so much larger than that and so I'm really glad that you were able to talk with your advisor and really help you figure out what you wanted to do. Now you mentioned something in that passage and I'm definitely going back to it right now was that you said your mom helped you. Can we talk a little bit more about that experience and and how did your and you also mentioned that you're a first year I mean excuse me a first generation student and so can you talk to us about that support that your mom and, and your family provided for you like being here five hours away from home? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so even though my mom and my family don't really know what it's like to be in a university setting or a college setting, they did offer a lot of emotional support, which is something I needed. You know, I have a lot of academic and social support here on campus, but emotionally, like, I want to go back home, you know? I didn't go back home too often just because five hours is a lot, but I would make sure to like call my mom or my mom would call me and check in. We will check in on each other and make sure we're all doing well, especially in my first year where I would, I would literally call my mom six times a day because of the amount of anxiety I had my first year. And she would be like, it's okay, calm down, you're gonna be fine. And, I'm, and I was like, no, I'm not. People are smarter than me and I don't know what to do. I'm struggling. I feel like I won't fit in. I feel like I'm gonna fail. You know, I feel like I'm going to drop out. Um, it's just all too hard for me. And she was like, no, you can do this. You know, if they didn't think you would do this, then you wouldn't be in the university. If they didn't think you can do this, then you wouldn't have gotten your scholarship and things like that. Like you wouldn't have become involved and, and you wouldn't have the friends you have now. And that's something she kept in, um, talking about every time I would talk to her. And she just kept being like, you are enough. You are worthy to be there. You know, you you have all the skills you need. You just need to find where you will excel. You know, if biology isn't for you, try something else. You know, speak to your teachers, ask them for help, which is something I didn't do until it was too late. But, you know, just her letting me know that even professors are there for me. And we talk about it at preview too. We're always like, speak to your professors, go to office hours, and it's true really do go to office hours and talk to them because they want to help you. But that's my mom was probably my main support. Even even now in senior year when I didn't even need her at all. She would still like I she would still be like, you know, how are you? How's it going? You know, it's your last year. Are you feeling a little sad? Are you leaving your friends and things like that? And like, yes, I'm sad leaving my friends. Uh, but she was always there to support me even when I didn't need her support anymore she was still like checking on me and that's something I really do cherish and I thank her for every day just because I feel like sometimes we forget that we have family back home when things are going really well in school and so for her to come in and check on me and like remind me that like I'm still here for you um, is something that I'll always be thankful for. Now, how did you find the bravery or the courage, if you will, to take that advice that your mom had given you? Like, she's telling you things like, hey, go talk to your teachers and different things. And like, what clicked that it was like, I actually need to do this? Like, for you, what triggered? 
I'm going to be honest that I was failing. <laughs> it was a little too late then, but I did go to their office hours and I was like, listen, like, I'm not passing your class. I don't even know if I can even pass the third exam. And at that point, it's too late. So I went up to them and I was like, listen, I'm not understanding anything. And so they would help me and I would go to the tutoring centers, like I mentioned. Um, and unfortunately, it still didn't help. I still had to drop the classes, but they were still willing to help me, even though they knew I only had two exams left in order to pass the class. They were still willing to give me their time and give me different resources to help me with like the lesson plans and things like that and I think what really helped was like even though they were like even if you decide to withdraw the class that's okay like please know that it's okay to withdraw from class to drop the class and try it another time I think something for me was that I did take general chem and calculus at the same time and you know my previous staffer told me because sometimes your previous staffer knows you better than you think even though they just met you they kind of understand a little bit and my previous staffer told me, oh, don't do that. Don't take chem and calc at the same time, especially if you're telling me that you struggle a little bit with math. But I was here like, nah, let me take it. I know myself. <laughs> and, you know, lo and behold, my previous staffer was right. But um, the professors really did make me feel better about dropping the class if they knew it was going to help me in the long run. Like they were like, here's everything, but also please know that it's okay to withdraw from the class and retake it another time. And that's something I really liked just because, you know, I was starting to feel like a failure, not only to myself, but to my family because they invested so much in me. Um, but I was really glad to like take my mom's advice and speak with them, even though it was a little too late, but it's something that helped me in the future with just even getting to know my professors personally, like, I only had a professor two times and they actually wrote my letter of rec and we became really close friends and that's something I always cherish. You mentioned something in, in very harsh word choice, I'm going to say. You said you failed and we certainly know that not to be the case. I mean, we've mentioned it, internships, student involvement, graduation, graduate school. So I know you to not be a, a failure and I would like to affirm that you are certainly a success in you have done some great things. And I want to talk about that. So you mentioned that, you know, in your first year, you had some challenging experiences. But then when you recalled your full time at UF, your resume is full. So how did you, you know, channel everything that you had learned and experienced from your first year to use that to eventually be as successful as you were at UF? I think where the turnaround was, was when I was like, okay, Liza, like, I want to have good grades throughout college, you know? I don't want to have like a C or a D or any of that. I want to make sure I stick with A's and B's and, you know, just be the best student that I could be. And so that was where the turnaround was, where I really sat down with myself and I was like, okay, well, now you know what you want to be, a forensic anthropologist. Now you've made the changes on the degree audit. You're an anthropology major. So now it's like, okay, what are the steps that I have to take? And so when I took my first class in, within anthropology, which was physical anthropology, I made sure to meet up with my professor. I would make sure to go to her office hours and just talk to her personally, um, learn more about her. And in fact, I even asked her to be my mentor. And so that's something how I created a bond with my professor. And that's where it all started to click and get together, where it was like, okay, 
now I have now I have like a bond with a professor. Now it's time to put that into my studies. So I would like study more. I'll have my friends keep me accountable. And it did help that one of my friends that I've met in MLP was also the same majors as me. So we will keep each other accountable and we will make sure to test each other and to study together because we took every class together since then. And so to find an accountability buddy, uh, it really helps a lot. And then also just like making sure to give myself breaks. I feel like before I would just be focusing more on involvement than academics. And then sometimes it was like more academics than involvement, but then I found a balance into like, okay, if I'm gonna be this much in studying, then I have to be this much in involvement, you know, this is how much I can give to my friends, this is how much I can give to my family, and this is how much I should give towards school. So that was kind of like the turnaround. And then I also, it helped a lot that my friend was very school driven. So she would be like, you need to do this, you need to do that. Like she actually pushed me into an internship because I didn't think I needed an internship. Cause I was like, oh, I just need to get into grad school. But she was like, no, you should try looking for an internship because an internship in my field isn't heard of. Like you need to hear it from someone else to know that it exists, but there's no one else in my field. So I had to find it myself. So also having a friend that was very career driven and school driven really helped me into being like, look into internships, look into things that build up your resume and things like that. In addition to your friends, in addition to your faculty member that you met, were there any other resources on campus that you found helpful? Mm -hmm. The tutoring centers really helped me a lot find my confidence in it. I think they really helped me find little shortcuts that would help me and, and make me see things differently. Um, just because, you know, the professor sees it one way, but maybe I can see it a different way. So the tutors really helped me find that. I think also, again, like my advisor and I became really good friends because I ended up <laughs> going to my advisor a lot more than I should. <laughs> But it was okay because he didn't mind it. Um, and he helped me a lot too with just figuring out what classes is best to take and, you know, steer me in the right direction. And I think another thing is the Career Resource Center. I probably only used them once, but they did help me a lot when I was applying to graduate school with their uh, graduate school 101, which is like how to apply, you know, how many months in advance you should reach out to the advisors how many months in advance you should start writing your personal statement and your letter of intent. So that way it's like perfect by the time you get there. Um, the finding out the tuition and rates, finding out the demographics of the campus. Are you comfortable with the de demographics of the campus? The involvement opportunities that they have, you know, who should you reach out to? Questions about like, um, like with the advisors, what questions to ask and things like that. They really helped me a lot there. I feel like if I didn't go to that meeting, I definitely would not have known anything that much. Like I didn't know reaching out to advisors was that important. And it is so important because you wanna make sure you're working with an advisor who can lead you the way you wanna be leaded, who can mentor you the way you wanna be mentored, what they have to offer, are they in your field, are they successful in your field, things like that. You know, you wanna make sure you're reaching out to an advisor like that. And with because of that, I ended up reaching up to five different schools with five different advisors. And all of them were good matches, um, but there was always one, there's always one that just fits you better. And definitely like with the letter of intent, personal statement, I did go to their workshops and I did, you know, send it over to my career resource center advisor. And she did look over it and she would always be like, you know, 
this paragraph has to be about this, the second paragraph about this, and the third paragraph about this. And I was like, okay, I got it. And so like, I would just keep editing it and sending it to her. And so that definitely helped a lot just because um, even though I didn't use it for anything else, it did really help with my graduate school application. And that's something that's really important because I knew I had to go to graduate school. So I made sure to make use of that resource. It's always good to hear when, when students reflect back on their meetings, experiences with offices, and I know the Career Connection Center to be, to be a great resource, but it's really refreshing to hear about how impactful your meeting was with your counselor or advisor in the Career Connection Center. Families, for your students, as your students are making different decisions and in deciding their future, I want you to remember that the Career Connection Center is a resource for both you and your students. And they help with more things other than getting a job. I think that's what many people think about when you hear career, but our Career Connection Center is so much more than that. So looking back at, at your experience now, I'd like to do some more reflecting. If there was something, you know, knowing what you know now, if there was something that you could communicate to yourself four years ago, what would you have said? Probably to trust your gut. I feel like that's something I wish I would have done more. Um, I love my college experience, don't get me wrong, but there are some times with like certain classes or certain people I have met where it's kind of just like, they're not leading you to success, you know? So maybe you need to like trust your gut and be like, okay, well, this certain thing isn't really working out for me it's time to not give it so much focus and give it somewhere else. That will lead you to be successful and that will lead you to be who you want to be, not only in your college career, but after that. So that's something I really would like to tell myself and also to not give up and don't listen to the lies in your head that like you're a failure or any of that stuff. Um, just because you're not, I feel like at UF, it's probably a little bit easy to feel that way just because you're not doing well in classes and everybody is like you, you know, everybody is in a cum laude spectrum. So we're all the best of the best. Um, so it's easy to feel that way, but just know that everybody has their own path. Everybody has their own skills. There's something that I might have a strength of that other people have like a weakness in, and but I can give them a little, I can teach them my strength and they can also be as strong as me, you know, to know that like, don't compete. I feel like everybody wants to come in and compete with each other. But at the end of the day, like we're all going to have a degree with University of Florida on it. And we're all trying to be the best in our field. So to definitely give like a helping hand to the people around you, just because that's going to go a long way. That's really good uh, advice to yourself. And it's always, you know, refreshing to hear how you've synthesized your experience. And, and I think the things that you know from yourself from four years ago to now, that's really going to follow you and really help you when you're in graduate school, but even thinking about the next step and beyond that, and then thinking completely outside of the realm of your career and what you do as a profession, the things that you learned here at University of Florida will certainly follow you and help shape the person that you are. Keeping along that same line, I would like to ask, like, what advice do you have for family members supporting students? I mean, you've done, you've been in our office working with Preview. Uh, you have a very unique story working with your family, which I love. So, like, what would your advice be to other family members who are, who maybe have a student at the University of Florida or are preparing to send a student to the University of Florida? Mm -hmm. I think the first one is to definitely check up on them. You know, especially, like, as students, sometimes we're going through it and it's really rough and we don't want to tell anybody and sometimes it's going super great and we forget that we have people back home to check up on 
So definitely don't be afraid to check up on your students. Um, even if they don't answer the phone, you can send them a text being like, hey, I just wanna make sure you're doing okay. Um, please know that I'm here for you because we take a lot of pride, at least I did. Like I was like, I'm not telling anybody I'm going through a rough time. But then obviously I broke on the phone with my mom one day and then that's how it just started being like that. But definitely offer them a lot of emotional support just because you know it is a little hard sometimes here. You're all alone and you're cooking for the first time by yourself and doing laundry and things like that. I mean, I did a lot of that back home, but I know, like, I know, I knew people that were struggling with that. So definitely keep that in mind. And another thing is to, at least with my mom, sometimes she'll be like, "Oh, but you were top five in your school. Why aren't you doing that great at UF?" try not to like have that kind of conversation because that is what instills negative feelings to the student and it kind of makes them feel like oh my gosh you're right like is this just, is this just not the place for me and things like that i'm um, definitely just keep trying to, to encourage them and let them know that they are worthy of being here and that they have everything they need to be here at uf um so just keep encouraging them and having positive conversations um that goes a long way than to like try to implement some negative things here and there or to give something you know just keep it positive and keep checking up on them i think those are the two most important advice for family members and their incoming students well eliza thank you um and not only thank you for this uh episode and recording with us today but more importantly thank you for being just an awesome kind nice person i think that is also going to follow you a long long way if you have questions or would like to share your feedback about today's podcast, please visit our website at families.dso.ufl.edu or send us an email at ihaveagator at ufl.edu. And as always, thank you for listening to Chomp Chats, where we help Gator families transition to Gator Nation.